Uh, we'll get started. Father, it is good to be here today. It is good to be talking about this topic and looking at, at what goes on in our small groups. Um, Father, we have described this in our elders meeting as a, as a sort of a hitting of the reset button. Um, Father, we believe that we need more direction with our groups. We need... Uh, we can do them better. We can do them in a way that glorifies and honors You. Father, we can do them in a way that fulfills Your purpose. And Father, that is our desire. Father, I pray You open our eyes to not be so concerned about how we do a small group, but that we're interested in honoring You with it. And that we're hitting Your target, Your purpose with what goes on. Father, uh, guide us through this this day. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Alrighty, I have been tasked with the how-tos, or the what-tos. And uh, it's interesting, Eli just asked the question, are we going to be giving some, some how-tos, or what-to-dos? And uh, that is that is my job, though it's not, as I was telling Eli, it's not going to be exactly what you may be used to, or you may be thinking about. Um, both Tim and Alan have said the same thing, because we've discussed small groups, uh, not only in recent months, but over the years. Um, they've both said the same thing in different ways. Uh, Tim has said, I think that we got too much focused on our structure and we forgot the real purpose or the real reason we are to get together. That's not a word-for-word quote, but I believe that's accurate. We forgot what's most important. He said that multiple times. Uh, a few weeks back, Alan was talking, and we were talking about this this statement from Burke Warnhoff, you know, he's the, the guy that was a legend in, in 12-step programs and AA in this area. Uh, he passed away in, in 06. But he coined a phrase or used a phrase that we picked up on. It says, the magic's in the meeting. And that's not something just that was unique to Burke or AA step meetings in this area. I heard it from a friend in another state was talking about his son going to a, to a 12-step meeting. And he goes, there's something happens in those meetings. He says it's like magic. He goes, they come out motivated and focused. And Alan was talking about that, and he said, but the difference is everybody that comes to AA is there for a singular purpose. He says they are there to get sober and stay sober. Guys, I believe that's what Tim was talking about. Guys, our small groups have had a tendency to not all be there for the same purpose. Okay? And I want to tell you, I believe, and I use the word very loosely, there should be magic in our meetings. Okay? Uh, if you want to, want to rephrase it, there should be power in our gatherings. How's that? Okay? But there should be something special about them that makes people want to come back. Something should happen. You see, in Acts 4, they got together. They had a problem. They got together. And what happened after they prayed? You remember? The building shook! That sounds kind of like magic, doesn't it? What about after Jesus had died and had risen from the dead and the disciples are in a closed, locked room and Jesus shows up? That's pretty magical, isn't it? Now what's cool about this, guys, and I've been praying about this for the last few years, 
Because I want to understand what Jesus means when He says, whenever two or three are gathered in My name, what does He say? I'll be there with them. Have you ever walked away from a small group meeting knowing Jesus had been there? Can we describe that as magic? Again, very loosely. That's pretty special, isn't it? And I mean, you can go on and on. Uh, I'm going to refer to this later on, but in John 14, 15, and 16, multiple times Jesus says the same thing. That if two of you agree, ask for anything in My name, and you agree, it'll happen. Have you ever walked away from a meeting going, we agree about what we prayed for, and it was in Jesus' name. It's what He would want. You see, guys, Thursday morning we met here at the building. And when we got away, Tim, Alan, and I, all three independently, Tim was just telling us this morning, we would say, that was the best prayer time we ever had. You know why I think it was the best prayer time we ever had? Because we were all praying for the same thing. We were in agreement. And I believe we were very clearly wanting what the Master wants. And I mean, you came out of that with a feeling going, wow. Because, I forget, Alan said it right. Okay? We want the same thing, but we're enough different that it can be a challenge to be in the same room. I mean, I, I'll compare it. It's like a marriage. You know, you love your spouse, but do they do everything the way you want them to be done? Do they see everything the way you want it to be? Do you, you see things? And I'll get to that in a little bit in a minute. Um, but guys, our meetings need to be that way. When we get together, our small groups, and I, and I, please, I keep using the word meeting, and, and, and Tim was so right. Okay? We don't want this specialness to be one hour a week or two hours a week. Think about living in those moments and having that all through your life. Every day of your life, every week of your life, every moment, because you exist in this community of people who have the same purpose. That's powerful. And so guys, what I want to talk about here today, um, into the practicals, what can I do? The first thing, and I don't know how to put this, so I'm just going to say it, commit that Jesus is your Lord. Okay? <laughs> wow, didn't expect that, did you? you? You know why you didn't expect that? Because you assume that, don't we? I'm sure there's some of us, some of you may have, as I said, that goes, huh, yeah, 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 yeah. Or you may have thought, oh yeah, my people need to hear this. Okay? But I wanna, I wanna challenge you real quick. How often do you literally state the words, Jesus is my Lord? I serve Jesus, He's my Master. Or maybe even in prayer, Jesus, your Lord. 
I will do what you want me to do. You see, guys, I, I challenge that because sometimes we just assume it and then we get distracted by what's going on. We get distracted by the structure. We get distracted by rules. We get distracted by life. And we fail to remember that we're in this world, as, as, as Alan was saying, bring heaven to earth means we're living with Jesus as our King and Jesus is our Lord and we're trying to be good and faithful servants to Him. And guys, I want, I want to ask you right now to really examine yourself and your heart. How much do you state it? Because if you're not saying it, I'm just going to say you're slipping. Okay? If you're saying, you're not saying it, if you're not remembering, there's a chance you're just being stagnant. It's like you've reached a plateau and maybe you just put it on cruise control. You see, guys, because I believe with all my heart, you want a powerful group. You get together and you're focused on Jesus is our Lord. Okay? That's what you're in the room for. Not you're in the room because you're all the same age. Okay? Not because you're in the room because you're in the same, you know, you're all young adults. Okay? Or you're all senior citizens. But you're in a room because you're committed that Jesus is the Lord of your life. And you see, guys, I believe this shows up more and more in what you talk about. Tim talked about it. He mentioned it earlier when he talked about small talk. Which are you more likely to say or hear your people talk about? Are you likely, more likely to hear you and the people in your small group talk about how Jesus is Lord and how that's challenged you this week? Or are you more likely to talk about your fantasy football league? Okay? Which are you more likely to talk about Jesus is your master and how you've been challenged to please Him this week? Or the last episode of fill in the blank, Big Bang Theory? Okay? Uh, Game of Thrones. Okay? Uh, your video games. Um, the latest politicians, whatever. There's a lot out there. You know, what's going on at work? You see, now the really cool part, guys, is there's some real life things that need to be talked about, but they need to be talked about in the context of what? Jesus is Lord. How many... Conversations about your marriage will change when you're talking to your buddy and he's challenging you to live in your marriage, to treat your wife because Jesus is Lord and to be focused on what Jesus wants, not on what you want. And you see, guys, I challenge you just to think about how much you hear this type of conversation. How much do you hear it? You know, I... I challenged our group a few several weeks back about developing a tagline, you know, that they could use to remind themselves and others of their purpose and their challenge. You know, mine came up with, I'm Gary, and I'm looking for the spirits leading in my life. Okay? I think I've said it twice to somebody. It's awkward. Okay? And all, my, my only point is, if we're not saying it, I think we're losing sight. 
And so guys, I want to, I want to ask you to come back to that. And that leads to the second thing, and that is, I'm already started talking about it, and that is you say it and speak it out loud. Okay? The first thing guys, if you want scripture to what I just said, you can look at 1 Peter 3.15. It says, but in your heart, set apart Christ Jesus as Lord. He's talking to believers. Why is he telling them to set Jesus apart as Lord? Sanctify him as Lord. Respect him. Revere him as Lord. Because we have a tendency to forget. It's not automatic. It wasn't a decision you made once when you decided to accept Jesus as Lord and Savior and then you're done with it. Guys, the second one is, is speak it. Romans 10, 9 and 10. Romans 10, 9 and 10. You're probably familiar with it. And what you want to tell people it doesn't say. Beginning of verse 9, it says, If you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. It is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. Guys, I believe with all my heart we need to verbalize it. Saying the words, Jesus is Lord, is not just for the baptistry. Okay, and I'm going to go farther. It needs to be a regular part of your vocabulary. And you want to talk about, you know, I, 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 I am far better than I used to be. But I am not happy with where I am. But I can tell you there's times when I'm helping somebody, when I believe the Holy Spirit's leading me to help somebody, and I've got lots of stories about this, but my, my standard go-to line is, I'm a follower of Jesus. Okay, I'm conf- and, and He wants me to do this. He wants you to know that He sees what's going on. And as His servant, He wants me to, to help you. And I'm acknowledging that. So guys, it, it speak it. Let me, let me encourage you. If you want to talk about you're in a group now, or you're in a group uh, coming up, I think it needs to be a standard practice to start your groups stating that Jesus is Lord. And do it in different ways. One of the things I love about when I, when I look at the Bible and, and, and I look at the way Jesus did things, there's no cookie cutter. He said the same thing several different ways. And you can go in and go, guys, I just want to be a good and faithful servant. I believe that saying, Jesus is Lord. I want to please the Master. I, I'm looking for the Spirit's leading. I'm struggling to submit to Jesus this week. Guys, I believe that should be standard fare. Because I ask you, what do you talk about? What's your small talk about when you come into the room? When you come to your small groups? I'm guessing it's not restating your commitment to Jesus as Lord. I'm just guessing. And so guys, I want to encourage you to do that. Um, Third things, guys... is decide that you want to have a real faith. Okay, Alan did a fabulous job this morning of talking about the difference between benefits and purpose. Alright? And if if you're not challenged by that, you need to think about that. What do I want to get out of of a gathering of, of disciples of Jesus Christ? Of a small group meeting? Am I there to get my marriage better? Am I there to, you know, figure out how to work can be better? Am I there to get my kids to act better? 
you know, you're looking for benefits. But if you're there to learn and to be encouraged to live with Jesus as Lord, your marriage will get better. Your time on the job will get better. You know, it's one of, it's, it's really cool. One of the transformations that we've been watching over the years is with uh, Dave and Ulrika Bateman. And, uh, Dave works at Olin down here and he says it's one of the most evil places in the world. It's just dark. And it was very cool because a, just a few weeks back, we were, the guys were together and he was talking and he was praying and he was saying, you know, I really handled a situation poorly yesterday. Okay, um, and he went on to talk about the influence of the union and how he lost his temper. And I was able to text him the next day and I was able to text him and say, have you given consideration to what the Lord wants you to do now? You know, does he want, you know, I just threw out some ideas, apologize, explain, you know, what does he want you to do? He said, you know, I, I've, I've given that thought. And it was so very cool because Dave is moving Moving, he's not perfect, okay? He's in the direction from just being an identifier of the evil in his workplace, okay, i.e. a complainer, to being a light in his workplace. Okay, he sees this ain't all about how stupid management is. This is about, am I going to be like Jesus or not? And you see, guys, David's decided he wants to have a real faith. He doesn't want to just go through the motions. He doesn't want to be political. He wants to be the man that Jesus wants him to be. You see, guys, the truth of the matter is that most of us may like the idea of living by faith, but the reality scares the snot out of us, doesn't it? It really does. I drew my little circle up here. My circle's up here. You can officially call this as Gary's explanation or Gary's theory. Okay, this is, we got with uh, James and Cassie Clark. No, they're not Clark Mitchell. <laughs> Clark was her maiden name. Uh, for their premarital counseling, and I sprung this on them. This is my little illustration of a marriage. Okay, you got the marriage, it's a square. And you got two individuals. And this circle is where each of us live. This will like, you can call this anything you want. You can call it your circle of safety. Okay, your safety zone, your comfort zone, however you want to do it. But what happens is that we want to exist there. This is where we feel safest. This is where our dreams are, our hopes are. Okay, this is where we feel comfortable. Anything outside of here is uncomfortable. All right? Now the problem is you marry somebody who has a different comfort zone. And the problem is both people want the same thing. The husband wants the wife in his, and the wife wants the husband in her comfort zone, her safety zone. Now the, the best illustration I can give for this is with my own marriage, right? And my wife and I, um, when it comes to the way we do things, uh, I like to take risks. More than she does. Alright? You may have heard, uh, we own car washes. And for the last couple of years, my wife has made a statement, or uh, she's quit saying it last winter. But she used to make a statement. You know what that statement was? 
You make you buy another car wash, I'm leaving you. <laughs> More times than I can count. And I would say, honey, I have no plans to buy another car wash. Honestly, honestly, I, I'll get to that in a minute. I had no plans to buy another car wash. I can't handle the three I have. That's Financially, that'll be enough. Blah, 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 blah. I have no plans. And I go, <clears throat> unless one of our children's involved. Okay, I left it out. And she was, she was comfortable with that. Now, I did have a fantasy. Okay, I had no plans to buy another car wash, but in my mind I had this fantasy of a child being involved, one of my children being involved, and buying another car wash. I even had it picked out. Okay, and last June, I had a chemical representative in town, and I called, uh, when he was in town, I said, let me go, let me go drive you by my fantasy. Okay, and so I did. Then, about a month later, Alan and I were together, and I said, hey, Let's go drive by the Washington Godfrey. Let's go drive through it. This is my fantasy. Didn't say a word to Susan about that. In October, my friend from Dallas is in. I take him by. I said, let me show you my fantasy. People start calling, wanting to buy one of our other car washes. She goes, yeah, but what will we do with the money? <laughs> it all goes that way. Along about... After, after I'd showed my, the car wash to Brian, my buddy from Dallas, uh, I said, yeah, I had a conversation with Jonathan last week and, uh, he's not, he's, he thinks he's, uh, he'd like to come back to work for us. You know what she says? It's a shame there's not a car wash we can buy. <laughs> you see guys, what happens is, I'm, I'm comfortable buying a car wash. I'm comfortable taking on that additional debt. Okay, and there's good reasons for that. It's not just all blind faith. But we live in a zone, we like to live where we are comfortable. Now the challenge is this. Can anybody think of any scriptures that applies to this illustration? Not that explains it, but that should should become into play when you recognize that this isn't true, is indeed the way it, it happens in a marriage? Bear with one another? That's fair. Consider others more important than yourself. That applies. Okay. Can you think, let me ask you this, can you think of anything Jesus said that says we need to, we need to obliterate this little circle we live in? Guys, what Jesus said was that if you're going to come after Him, you've got to die to yourself. Die to yourself. Now, now, why am I talking about this, guys? Because here's the, here's the truth of the matter. I mean, you tell me if that does not. If you die to your, I mean, you can see where this creates tension, whether you see it exactly in a marriage. But if you understand the, the illustration, you can see why we have conflict in our marriages. Do we not? And you can see where if we are dying to ourselves, as Jesus said, does that make this situation a little, a whole lot less conflicting? Does that help in this situation? Guys, I say that because in a small group, 
There are many circles. There are many circles. And if we are going to exist as the family that Tim talked about, we've got to be out of our comfort zones. We've got to be out of those little circles. And how do you do that? You do it by living with Jesus as Lord. And guys, you've got to decide that you want to have a real faith. I guarantee you, if you decide you want to have a real faith, Jesus is going to call you out of your circle of safety. And it's a whole, whole lot better if you have a fellowship of people who are also trying to live outside of that circle of safety. That's what living by faith is all about. Fourth thing, guys, you need to do is that you need to live free. And why I'm going to put that, that's in Galatians chapter 5. When it talks about walking or keeping in step with the Spirit, let me read that for you. Okay? It says, You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love, for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one commandment. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. So I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Guys, I've been talking about it for a few years now. Alan and I did a sermon series on it a couple summers ago called Empowered. But we have got to learn how to truly live by the Spirit. We have got to learn how to do that. We have got to learn how to teach each other and help each other how to live by the Spirit. You see, guys, if you're dealing with a new Christian and you're teaching them how to live by the Spirit, you don't have to teach them a bunch of rules because the Spirit's not going to guide them to do something that's wrong. When they learn to live by the Spirit, it just says it. I love this passage. I love it. It makes it so simple. Walk by the Spirit and you will not satisfy the desires of the flesh. How many times do you especially think the old days, guys, where you tried to convince somebody that they're making mistakes, that they're doing things that don't satisfy God, that they're doing things that are sin, and they want to fight and they want to argue with you, and that's what you think and that's what your opinion is? All right? I think you're twisting that passage. And sometimes we were. <laughs> let's, be, let's be real here for a minute, all right? But if you can ask somebody, what's the Spirit desire from you? Is that really the Spirit leading you to do that right now? See, because if they don't have that desire, if they're not trying to achieve that, they're going to not know what you're talking about. But if you and everybody in your group is talking this way and is teaching them this way, guys, it's a whole different scenario. Guys, the Holy Spirit is such a wonderful gift that so many times we sit on the shelf. Fifth thing 
is commit to finding and doing your special part. Uh, I'm not sure which one of these gentlemen was referencing Ephesians chapter 4, but I'd like you to open your Bibles there real quick. Ephesians 4, you begin in verse 11. I believe it was Alan, right? It says, So Christ Himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip His people for works of service so the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of Him who is the head that is Christ. From Him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Guys, an amazing passage that tells us what we are shooting for. This level of maturity as a group. This level of unity of the faith of a group as a group. But that only happens as each part does its own special work. You see, guys, I love it because that means everybody has something to do. Everybody has a responsibility to this body. And if we go to a group to get, and we don't go to a group to give, we're not fulfilling our responsibility. Okay? If you show up here on Sunday morning to get only, or to just check off the box that you were here, and you do not come to give, you are contributing to our immaturity as a group. And guys, I cannot emphasize this enough. You have a special work. One of the translations says it that way. It's each part does its own special work. See, we tend to focus on the, the big categories, the apostles and the teachers that he had up in, up, in the, up in verse 11 and 12. And we don't realize that I have a job to do that I need to fulfill, that I have a responsibility to do, that the body of Christ, that the church needs done. Now, I can't tell you what that is. And that gets back to, I believe, again, looking for the Spirit's leading. I can tell you right now that in your group and in this church as a whole, there are needs that you need to meet. 
And you need to be committed to finding out what your special work is so that you can do it. And I just back up a point. I can't tell you what it is. I might have a few ideas. If I know you, if I see something, I'll tell you. But ultimately, the Holy Spirit is going to reveal that to you. And you have to be committed to looking for the Spirit's leading. Trying to keep in step with the Spirit's leading. And I guarantee you, all of a sudden, you're going to come in. If you if you think about this, you go home and think about this. You get up in the morning and you pray about it. And you show up tomorrow, something's going to jump up in front of you. Somebody that needs talked to. Somebody that needs encouraged. So you're going to find out in a conversation of somebody that you can connect with. And you guys can pray together. I don't know. Or you can help them in some way. I got the biggest kick last week. I got to do something that uh, it's a small deal in my opinion. If most of you know, we cleaned out my dad's house. And as most of you know, it was full of junk. No, that's not fair. It was full of a lot of good stuff. Okay? It really, really was. Anybody that came to help clean it out took things with them. Alright? And some of the stuff you just couldn't help but throw out. And I took home, I got home last, it was in the garage, Susan and I were cleaning the garage, and I find a BB gun. And a bottle of BBs. You know, you just can't throw a BB gun out. You know, I don't have any grandkids, and besides, I got pellet guns. You know, what am I gonna do with this BB gun? Well, you should have seen the look on Dylan Herbst's face last week when I gave it to him. Okay? Dylan had a birthday. I mean, that's a really, 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 really small thing. Guys, Dylan and I have a connection. Have a connection. And I believe it's Holy Spirit-led. I don't, I don't know why. But guess what? I gave him a BB gun. The Holy Spirit led me to do that. I'm looking for that. Things like that need to happen more. And I'm going to tell you, I already know things like that happen and I don't know about them, okay? Some of you are going, look, it happens already all the time. Guys, you have a part. That's my point. The last thing, guys, is choose humility. Choose humility. Uh, Philippians chapter 2 is the passage. Philippians 2 is the commentary on humility. If you look at Philippians 2 and do it, you will be humble. Anyway, let's read it. Beginning in verse 1. It says, Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from His love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in Spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. Guys, there's other passages. There's 1 Peter 3.8. I had in my notes, there's Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 2 that emphasize humility. This describes it. Guys, you want to know what to do with regards to your small group. You go into it looking to meet the needs 
and being concerned about the interests of others and putting their desires ahead of your own. That's what humility is about. That's what Jesus did when He came to earth. And guys, you want to know what to do. That's what you need to do. Let's pray. Father, thank You again for this morning. Father, I thank You that You have truly opened our eyes and continue to open our eyes about what Your purpose is, Your desire is. Father, You've changed our direction. You've changed our focus as a body. And Father, today we're, we're trying to fine-tune that focus and to move it closer. And Father, we know, Tim and Alan and I have talked, this isn't a one-shot and we're off on our way. We know we're, we're going to have to continue to talk about these things, continue to focus on these things. Father, this was just a, literally, let's, let's give some direction. Father, I, I, I thank you for leading us. I thank you for that prayer session that Tim and Alan and I had Thursday and, and, and the agreement that we were on. And I believe that everything we asked, we can ask in your name because, Father, it's what you want. And, Father, we focus on that. God, I pray that you'll be with us. Father, I pray you'll be with every individual at Greater Alton, every individual of a small group. Help them to, to recommit or commit for the first time, really, that Jesus is going to be Lord and that they want to be like Him. Father, help us to truly seek You and what You want and what You desire and to find our special work. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. I'm sorry. I just, I forgot something that I was, I didn't even have in my notes, but I know I was supposed to touch base on in some capacity. When we first got together to talk about small groups and talk about what brought about today, uh, we were talking and uh, somebody, I don't forget, Tim or Allen once said, are we looking to try to divvy everybody up and assign people to small groups and we were all three in agreement that no that's not what we're going to do um some of you may have been expecting some of that this morning or talking about uh we're looking for leaders uh we're not asking anybody to be a leader right now uh though you may be tapped on the shoulder and asked if you would lead a group we are anticipating having more groups in the future and I wanted to make sure I threw that out there to you to let you know. I was just going to add to it. We need more small groups. We know that we need more small groups than we presently have. And we need the ability to help people find a group. Well, part of helping someone find a group is knowing what groups we have and knowing what those groups are. What we're going to be looking for in leaders, number one, is humility. We, we don't need a leader that doesn't have humility. They will lead, but not in a godly way. Right? So we will be looking for people that have that desire to learn to serve God, that have that mind of Christ. So if we tap on the shoulder, it's because someone has seen that in you. And we may ask you to serve. You can say no. We hope if we ask you to just say yes. Because we really need to have everybody needs a place. Everybody needs a connection and a group. And we have a few of them, and we have some good ones. We need more. We need more good ones. If 
you would like to lead, that's great. Work on the humility. And someone will see it and someone will tap you on the shoulder. Yes.